It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated with some breaking news here tonight as uh, the Ohio State Buckeye quarterback battle all of a sudden may have gotten a lot more interesting as if it wasn't interesting already. I'm Brendan Gulick, joined by John Garcia Jr. of SI All-American and by Andrew Lind, who covers a Buckeye recruiting with a fine-tooth comb for us here on, on Buckeyes Now. Andrew, why don't we start with you and, and uh, the news that Quinn Ewers, the number one player nationally in the class of 22, who is verbally committed to Ohio State, uh, apparently tells Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports that he is, quote, leaning towards early enrolling uh, at Ohio State this fall, and it has everything to do with name, image, and likeness. What can you tell us? Yeah, I actually heard a, a rumor about this a couple of weeks ago, and, and people were like, you know, saying that you should just dismiss it because there's no way that he's going to do something like this. And then the fact that the the Texas uh, Interscholastic League told them that that he can't profit off of his name, image, and likeness anytime soon, or at least while he's playing high school football, you know, made that made that a reality. And it's it's kind of interesting to see, and it makes you wonder moving forward how that's going to impact recruiting as a whole. So the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, obviously lose Justin Fields to the NFL draft. C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, both uh, returners. Kyle McCord early enrolled, a five-star quarterback uh, by just about every outlet. He was an SI All-American. John, I know you you were big on Kyle McCord. I know you guys like Quinn Ewers as well. The, the prospect of all four of these guys now vying for the job simultaneously is kind of wild, and yet here we are. It's not totally unprecedented for guys to reclassify, but this late in the game is certainly odd. And on top of that, it seems like it has everything to do with the off the field stuff more than it does actually the ability to go out and play. Yeah, Brendan, this reminds me of, of JT Daniels. But I think, like you mentioned, that this is all about off the field as to where JT was just ahead of the game on the field in the classroom. This is more about off the field NIL. And I think that's where this becomes really its own argument and, and the beginning of uh, maybe the worst case scenario for, for maybe high school football purists. Uh, but it also has to do with his location. He's in the state of Texas, as Andrew mentioned, one of the few states, ironically enough, that is already firmly planted against a high school athlete profiting off of his name, image, and likeness. I know several states are on the other side of the coin. Several are TBD. I know New York is, is about to make that decision here in the coming days. So uh, if he was an Arizona prospect, a Floridian, a Californian, to link it back to JT Daniels, maybe he doesn't make uh, this decision or at least start leaning towards this decision. So quite interesting and, and kind of unlucky uh, if you're a fan of high school football in the state of Texas. But with NIL, it's it would be naive to assume that a lot of elite recruits are not at least inquiring to some degree. A few weeks ago, Quinn told us just as much. He said, hey, I'm starting to look into it, but, but not a ton. And obviously, a, a lot has changed over the last few weeks. Uh, but this is something that is going to come up again and again. Uh, and his parents in the article said 
they didn't want him to be a martyr. Uh, so I understand that thinking as well. And I think that's probably the only reason why this isn't already a, a done deal and a decision made. I think the biggest question here is what happens if he decides, you know what, I'm going to forego my senior high school and he goes to Ohio State and he signs this this deal with a company called Holy Kombucha. And supposedly, you know, he, he says, uh, at least according to this report from Pete Thamel, that he could make upwards of a million bucks. What if he doesn't win the job? <laughs> uh, you know, he uh, it, it's been a tight race so far. He would clearly be behind the eight ball compared to where Kyle and CJ and Jack are. Um, I think this opens up a door that might not be a good door to open here for high school athletes. Andrew, what do you think? Are we going down a path here we shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be walking down? Mm, I mean, that's interesting to, to, to kind of look at and say, well, for Quinn specifically, you know, he's at a situation where if he's going to walk into it and he's going to have a million dollars in his pocket right away, like there's no question for me whether or not I'm going to do that. So if he wins the if he wins the battle or doesn't win the battle, I don't think that's a, as important as it is for him to be, you know, take that next step of his life and and, and already profit in ways that he wouldn't be able to in, in high school. As for recruiting specifically, you know, it's kind of just about the, the the change of college football to begin with. You know, there's so many different moving parts now, and, you know, this is just another one of those things. Perhaps from Quinn's perspective, I would agree with that. If someone's going to offer me a million bucks to do something, I'm going to be pretty inclined to listen. But, John, what what uh, interest could it be for for that business to not know if he's guaranteed the starting job? And and this is where you start to wonder how murky are these waters? You know, if if you're Ryan Day and company, do you feel an inherent pressure if it's a close race, um, you know, between one guy and another to maybe give that opportunity? I, I don't know what the answers are for those things. You got to do what's best for your football team. But th these are some of the questions that are suddenly coming about. You mentioned terms, Brendan, and those are two two things I really want to focus on on two fronts. One, the terms of the deal, right? So if, if it's a million bucks, okay, is it a one-year deal and you get the million or is it over several years? And, and like you said, if during that term you don't win the job, is there an out for the business? And then how does that revert to the original decision on Ewer's perspective? So that's obviously a big hypothetical for down the road. We don't know the terms of, of the deal that's potentially on the table, so on uh, and so forth. And then I'm thinking of the terms of a college coach naming a starting quarterback or, or for that matter, a starting player at any position. Um, this has always gone on. It's just not been tangible this way. Uh, in recruiting at a lot of schools, we all know promises are made. Promises are sometimes kept and sometimes not kept. So I just think that question, that moral question has always been a part of, of being a head coach at the Power Five level, particularly at a blue blood school like Ohio State, this just adds a more public, tangible value to it, which is obviously unprecedented and, and probably makes it a little bit harder. Well, an interesting part of that, too, not to interrupt you, um, is, is the fact that, you know, Alabama, Nick Saban came out and said that his quarterback, who's yet to start a game, is already pushing a million dollars in endorsements already as well. So if Ryan Day can sit there and say, look, a quarterback who I just recruited got to you know, reclassify another year. He's now a backup. He's now the starter, whatever he is. And he's making a million dollars. That's a, that's a recruiting pitch for Ohio state too. Without question that becomes a, uh, uh, you know, uh, an ace in Ryan day's pocket. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but I, I guess the, the biggest question here now is 
let's assume that Quinn follows through with what he said he's, quote, leaning toward doing. Um, Andrew, let's start with you. How, how does this impact Ohio State's class of 22 and their ability to try to bring a quarterback in in the class of 23? Yeah, I mean, from from the standpoint of recruiting another quarterback, you know, that's a kind of a yearly basis thing with as much as, as the, there's turnover at the position, whether it's people transferring in and out, you know, going to the NFL, those things. So I think it's very difficult to say that it's going to impact Ohio State's um, pursuit of at least one quarterback every year because that's just what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to look at at least one high school quarterback every year. And if you happen to have too much turnover where you don't have four quarterbacks on the roster at any given time, you have to go to the portal and, and figure it out at that point. John, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm in line with Andrew. I think the portal is always at that position in particular – is always a big deal. You expect attrition. Um, you, you know, the, the prospects of keeping CJ Stroud, Miller, Kyle McCord on the roster for the next 10 months anyway, uh, might already be slim, keeping all three, whether it's the NFL and or the portal. Now you add a Quinn Ewers to the mix, who I'll say it, will have the best arm of that group, you know, the moment he sets foot on campus. Now, you know, now that attrition possibility seemingly skyrockets. So, I think you absolutely reshuffle the deck and, and maybe you try to grab a quarterback late in the 2022 cycle, maybe a senior riser, maybe more of, of an athlete who can play quarterback, a guy who you know is okay with being developed. You know, we, we used to call them program guys in the business because you get your elite guys and then you counter with a program guy just for a little bit of positional stability and depth in the quarterback room. So I would expect Ohio State to address it with a late riser, a walk-on, or maybe you double down in the class of 2023, but it will have some kind of recruiting impact if and when this is final. It does make me wonder, though, if, if the you know the days of bringing on a developmental quarterback are over because just you know every single roster spot is very valuable. So to sit there and say, okay, well, we're going to take a three-star because he's from Ohio, do you really do that when you can just bring another four, high four-star who's unhappy with where he was before through the transfer portal or – you know, someone in, in, in that aspect. And I think that that's kind of that evolving thing where you can't pinpoint exactly how it's going to impact um, the recruiting class, but you know that eventually it will. I mean, it does feel like this is a perfect storm that favors Ohio State, right? Dwayne Haskins obviously got one shot and made the most of it and, and had a great year and has, you know, at least turned it into some serious cash, even if it hasn't turned into a great NFL career yet. Um and obviously Justin Fields through the transfer portal, portal comes in, makes the most of his opportunity. He's a first-round draft pick. Between those two with the, with the recent history and with Ryan Day, who's considered to be, if not the best quarterbacks coach in the country, certainly among them, um, Ohio State is always going to be able to attract one of the top players in the country as a high school quarterback. And so this might not be the last time that we see this kind of thing popping up. But I'll tell you what, guys, with – with uh, college football right now feeling like the Wild West, with uh, everything that that you know you used to know and and just expect about this sport, uh, with all the traditions and things you're used to, with all that stuff now essentially being cast aside, or at least it feels that way. Um, having high school players potentially skipping senior seasons of high school because they want to capitalize on NIL—that's not something I necessarily foresaw, and yet I think we probably should have seen that coming for sure because. Uh, the gloves are off, and, and it is it is about to become uh, an awfully wild situation, uh, certainly in Columbus and, and across the country. Appreciate both your insights and uh, looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Quinn Ewers potentially coming to Columbus sooner than we thought. 
who will be the starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2021. Camp starts next week. Ryan Day said last week he wants to have a starter in place August 15th. Maybe the starter hasn't even come on campus yet. Who knows? For Andrew and John, I'm Brendan. We'll see you again real soon here. Buckeyes now on SI.